podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and tonight, as you can see, I am joined by Joe Thomas, and we're here to talk about a first Watford away win in 295 days, 1st of January, uh, or was it the 1st or the 2nd of Jan? 1st of Jan. Yeah, 1st of Jan, Norwich away was our last away win. Uh, Coincidentally, I was at that one, and then I was at this one, so... uh, I've, uh, I've experienced the trauma of it all, but yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, I was there, Joe watched it. First things first, Joe, before we get into it, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yes, mate, yeah, buzzing after that win last night, superb. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of happy Hornets today, nice to finally see an away win after, not, well, 10, 10 months, 10 and a bit, mm-hmm. nearly 11 months. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great. Absolutely, we uh, we take them where we can. You know, the game itself might not have been a, an absolute classic, not one we'll look back on in years to come. But at the end of the day, a win's a win, especially away for Watford. You know, we don't often get them, as I say. Um, let's dive straight into it, shall we? The the team news. I uh, I, I travelled down yesterday. I was in the ground quite early, to be honest, and I was sort of refreshing my Twitter feed. Oh, come on, then, what what's he serving up for us today? What have we got? Um, three changes were made to the starting eleven. Sierra are coming for Ryan Porteous, who was suspended because he picked up five yellow cards. KMB coming for Tom Deli Bashiru, and Tom Deli Bashiru was dropped from the squad completely because he was late to the team meeting, uh, the team meeting they had to address the, the, the Swansea game. And then Kone coming for Imran Loser, who um, he's sort of gone off the boil a little bit since the first game of the season. Uh, obviously, the first one, the Sierra coming in for Portius, that, that was sort of a force of hand by Ismail. I just want to point out as well, we've had a few tweets and seen a few tweets going around about Wesley Hoot. Now, one of our followers, I believe Steve, his name is, found a snippet from um, the FA website on about this. There's a lot of people that think that Hoot possibly might be suspended for Saturday's game against Millwall. If the if what I've seen online is true and it is the same for the championship, he's only got four in the league. He got one of those cards in the League Cup against Stevenage. Now apparently they don't count towards the league. So if you've picking up yellow cards in the League Cup, they only count for the League Cup and the league is separate, which means that Wesley Hoot should be able to play on Saturday. Um it's so confusing. I mean, we'll find out come the press conference, which will probably be in a couple of days' time anyway. Um, 
But yeah, Kayembe for Tom Deli Bashiru and then Kone for loser. First things first, Joe, when you saw that team news coming out, what did you make of that? Because it's um, a few more changes than I perhaps would have expected, definitely. Um, yeah, I thought the starting 11 was, um, it, it wasn't wasn't a surprise. Obviously, he, he said about in, in the past with loser being dropped because of discipline issues, you know, he's not afraid to do that. So that that's kind of expected. If someone isn't doing something he wants, he will do that and he will continue to do that all season, which is good. Um, he's not obviously bending the rules for anyone, which is great. So they all know where they stand. Um, I was a bit surprised to see Kaimbe back in the side, I'm not going to lie. Um, but overall, yeah, I think it's probably what we expected. I was still a little bit surprised not to see Yasser get a start after coming on and doing well on Saturday, getting a goal. I thought mm. taking, you know, he might have taken the momentum into the game last night had he started. But, you know, I mean, he, he's obviously got uh, his starters that he wants and, and, and started with that side. So, um, obviously, as we'll, we'll discuss, Yasser's, again, a good impact sub, isn't he? So, he clearly wants to use him that way for a, a little while, I think. Yeah, absolutely. A man that I was surprised, I, I, I agree with what you say, Joe. I was very surprised not to see Yasser start. I perhaps would have taken some hints out of it and brought Yasser in. Uh, another player I would have expected, well, sort of, I was thinking he might get a start because I don't think the guy that he would have replaced did very well on Saturday is, uh, is Jamal Lewis. I thought he might come out, we might see Ken start at left back, but I think it maybe would have been too soon to start him. Maybe try and give him a full ninety, but hey, he come on in the end and uh, and, and delivered the goods. So, you know, we can't complain too much. But yeah, um, just on that Tom Deli Bashiru stuff, uh, a lot. Um, it was quite interesting to see what Ishmael said on that because, you know, some people rightly would have said, well, hang on, you know, Hamer was late and he got dropped completely. Loser was late and he got dropped to the bench and then come on later that game and then Tom Deli Bashiru again dropped completely from the squad. And it was interesting, Andrew French did an interview with him and he said, basically, if you were due to start and you're late, you drop down to the bench. Or if you were due to start on the bench, you drop out completely. So when Hamer was late, we saw Miles Roberts, um, sub-goalkeeper. Yeah. I can't remember who's in it now. Um, but, I think it was Coventry. Yeah, was last... it... Was it oh, Coventry? yeah, it was. I think oh, it was. Coventry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, there was no Tom Deli Bashir. He was due to be on the bench last night. Uh, instead, the bench was Hamer, Rojevic, Luza, Sema, Healy, Pollock, Chapfordadze, Espria, and Morris. Uh, a lot of people probably would have maybe put Chapfordadze as starting last night. Would you have maybe tried to crowbar him in, or would would you would you have gone for Sonny else in that middle? Uh, yeah, do you know what I'm actually? craving for Chad Bogatze to get in the starting lineup at the moment. Like seeing I've seen a few people posting on Twitter about his stats for Georgia. Um mm. I've watched a couple of the, the Georgian games. I saw him against um uh Spain uh f probably not this international break just gone the one before they lost seven one. Uh obviously he scored but he actually played pretty well against a in, in a very poor side against a good Spain side that day. Um he seems to be doing all the right things at international level. I, I'm a little bit confused as to why he's not getting more game time. He, I think he deserves more game time. It's just the same as Healy for me. I'm, I'm struggling to understand why. Yeah. Like we're, we're watching 
we're watching these games and looking and thinking, well, Ryovic isn't really offering much up front. He's very kind of doesn't seem to, there's not much movement is there from him a lot of the time. Again, last night, there was a few incidents when he come on. I remember a throw-in was, was going towards him and it was going towards him and he kind of just kind of set himself to chest it and the ball was going nowhere near him. And I was like, why are you not bringing yourself to the ball to try and get it? He's just expecting it to go all that way. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. You've got to move. And like Healy, for me, like now, I think it's like, well, it ain't working with the two big strikers maybe all that time. So why don't we just give Healy a chance and just see what he can do? If it don't work, we go, all right, well, maybe we need a new striker in January. But at least he's tried it rather than us wondering what if every week. That's just what's happening, isn't it? Absolutely. It's interesting that you uh, you, you say that about Ryovic. I'll, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit later because I thought when he came on last night, I know he didn't do anything, but I thought his pressing was... Uh, was 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 something else, and I think he he was a real team player last night. And I, I don't know. Sometimes you can watch a game on TV, and then someone else might be at the game, and you you see two completely different things. And I think that was the beauty of it last night. You really saw the effort and the hard work that went into it. But obviously, we know about the changes. Um, typical Watford fans at the moment, you know, met with a lot of moan and groans. Um, I'd put a status on that I'd I'd checked in in Swansea and. Uh, one of the uh, one of my mates, uh, well, one of the Facebook friends said, um, you know, I, I said something like, "Not one away since January," and uh, he was like, "I expect it to be the same after that uh, starting eleven, but you never know." Uh, and you know, quite a few sort of moans and groans from fans in general when that when that team news come out. But the game started, and obviously Swansea were coming into it having. Won four, I think, four of the last five. I think they lost to Leicester at home 3 1. They took the lead in their last home game. And then before that, I'm sure they won four on the bounce. They home. did, yeah. They won all four leading to the international break. Yeah. So, they won actually a good one form. Yeah. Really. So everything was pointing, really. Watford hadn't won away since January. Swansea had won four of their last five home games and sort of maybe starting to play how they perhaps wanted to when they brought Michael Duff in to start with. And I was just like, I, I was talking to you just before we come on air. Our record at, at Swansea is horrendous. Obviously, you know, we had that glorious day there when Richarlison scored the last minute winner. Uh, and then before that, the only time we've won there was 2008. And I think Tamas Priskin or Tommy Smith scored that day. I, I did have a look the other day. So, you know, we've done we've we've drawn a, f a few times and we lost a lot as well. So our record at Swansea is not great. So, you know, I was I was in the concourse. I was with Ricky, my good mate. If he's watching this, it was good to see you, mate. Hope you got back safe. Uh, and I saw another lad called Sam, and I sort of said to him, I said, "Look, I says, I just don't fancy us. Like, there's some games that crop up in the league, and I know it's bad of me, but I automatically sort of write them off. Sunderland away is one of them." Like I've I've never known us do well at Sunderland away, so that automatically for me sort of goes down in my book as right. You know, it's not going to go well tonight. Um, but I think the game started sort of. It surprised me a little bit how the game started, to be honest, because it it was it was very reminiscent of two teams. Well, one of the I think two teams trying to feel each other out, so to speak. And, you know, Watford were, were sort of quite content with 
keeping them at arm's length and keeping the score sort of nil-nil and trying to stay in it as best as we could. And then I think Swansea very much surprised me last night because, as we say, they went... They've four of the last five games had won at home. But to me, Joe, and I don't know if it was the same for you watching at home, they started the game well, don't get me wrong. First sort of 10, 15 minutes, they, they, we know that they're going to keep the ball. That's the Swansea way. We're the away team. But it very much looked like the order of the game was going to be right. You get, you keep the ball and we'll try and hit you on the break. And very much after that, it seemed like Swansea were a bit like us in the regards of you can see that they've been asked to play this new way and it's not quite working. And they were hitting a lot of misplaced passes and the fans were getting on their back a bit. And it wasn't... I think Swansea looked very poor after that first sort of good start for them. Yeah, I didn't think they, they really offered much, to be fair. Um, I thought after they had that good spell at the beginning, sort of first 10 to 15 minutes, um, Batman made that save from the shot from distance. I think it was about five minutes before half-time, I think that was. Yeah. Um, other than that, all second half, obviously, they had that opportunity um, from the corner that was, I was still, I mean, the commentator on the red button was completely bemused of what had gone on. He was like, I don't really know why that's been ruled out. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you the, the news when we've got it as to, to why. And he said, I've looked at it again. I still still can't, but apparently there was a foul in, in the um, when the ball came in. So, um, But, yeah, other than those two opportunities after their good start, they, they offered nothing for me. I thought they were really poor. They didn't move the ball around well and they didn't play as well as what I'd seen on... Uh, on highlight shows and, and stuff uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, and this is it. You know, the, the, the longer that the game goes on where we're not losing away from home and we're sort of keeping them at arm's length, so to speak, the more you could tell that we were growing with confidence. There were some brilliant passages of play. Uh, I seem to remember Lewis was getting a lot of space on that left-hand side and the overlapping was brilliant with him and Martins. I, I must, I must be get the negativity out of the way, and I'll be interested to see if anyone else agrees. For me, Martins just didn't look at the races yesterday. Um, yeah. he, he looked like he, he perhaps he was trying to get too many of these fouls and going down and looking at the ref and trying to get too many decisions, and it just wasn't going his way. And yeah. listen, in the championship, sometimes you have to put up with that. You know, the refs aren't the greatest at this level, and they're not going to give you everything. I mean, sometimes they'll give you something out of nothing and you'll be like, what the hell? A bit like the, the disallowed goal. I've watched it back. Apparently, it was a foul on Kayembe. For me, it wasn't. I think we got away with one there. But to me, Martins, once he realised he wasn't going to get those decisions, he just didn't look interested. And I, I don't know if that's something that translated for, for you watching watching at home. But for me... So far, if the season stopped tomorrow and you ask for my player of the season, I'd probably be picking Martins out. Um, Aspria are very close seconds, but Martins has been superb for me. But just didn't look at it yesterday, Joe. What What were your thoughts on him? Because he got hooked yeah, half time. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't think he did very well in the first half. Um, I kind of just sat in hope at half time that he was going to look a little bit more interested. But obviously, as it was, he was taken off at half time, which was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, like I say, I mean, it was, it was clearly evident there was something wrong last night. 
um, as I said to you before coming on, I don't know if his personal um, personal issues at the moment maybe is still kind of affecting him, which, you know, obviously a, a, a death in the family would affect anybody. So, yeah. you know, hopefully he's all right. Hopefully it was just a, a, a one-off. I'm sure it was because, like you say, if you were picking a player of the season, Martins would definitely be up there at the moment. He's He's been phenomenal all season. And I still like to point out as well, he was actually my dark horse for being top scorer this season as well. So I've still got high hopes for that. <laughs> there you go. Even though Bio's going to go on to when he, he's getting double figures this season, Joe, I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, he did disappoint me. And like you say, look, you know, he's, he has had a recent death in the family. Uh, could that be a part of it? Could be anything. But I was very surprised. He didn't set his usual standards, which he does. I think that's why he stood out for me. Um, but yeah, like I say, Lewis, I thought, was much better in that first half. The, the amount of space that, that he had uh, at fullback and those overlapping runs. And another player as well I want to point out who sort of massively improved in the second half, Jeremy and Gakia, for me, that first half, I, I was sat next to my mate Ricky and I said, at half-time, I'm bringing Martins off. And I'm, I'd, I said, I'd have brought Martins off and perhaps brought a sprayer on maybe had him switch sides with Ince, because Ince, I'm sure, would be able to play over on the other side, uh, and, and vice versa with Espria, to be honest. Um, and I would have brought Ngakia off. But my only snag was, who would have come on from Ngakia? says, at an absolute push, you've got two real last-case scenarios. You can either bring Ken on and move Jamal Lewis to the right. You can bring Chuck Fadadzi on, because we saw him come on very briefly at fullback against Leeds, and they were the two sort of last-ditch sort of calls. But to me, I thought Ngakia, he had a bit of a stinker in the first half, but he very much improved in that second half, didn't he, Joe? Yeah, he did. He was. I thought he was brilliant. He was one of the turned out to be probably one of the best games I think he's had at a Watford shirt. He was. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was completely different level. Um, last-ditch attack blocks, you know, you name it. He was he was doing everything in the end that second half. I thought he was brilliant. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. He uh, he made it. I think Ben put in our WhatsApp group that back to back starts and and back to back ninety minutes has probably done in the world of goods because that's the problem with Jezza. He's never really got that rubber the green where he's able to start a few games in in succession and he's always getting injured. So maybe. Maybe just maybe this this will benefit him, and hopefully he can have a solid ninety minutes. Because, like I say, I thought he looked very poor in that first half. Only one, yeah, I'd say only one real chance. Maybe two. There was a chance sort of early on in the first half where Lewis put a brilliant ball in. I think it ended up falling to Tom Ince. It was the other end to us, so I'm sure it was Tom Ince, and uh, he hit it down low, and their keeper was sort of made into a good save. Uh, but the, the the real first half chance was that vacuum bio goal, and I just um, that vacuum bio chance. Sorry, and I just want to say we were talking about it before we come on air. Bio gets a lot of stick, and I, I'm losing count how many times we're talking about this on the pod now. But he gets a lot of stick. He got a lot of stick in the crowd as well. He gets a lot of stick on Twitter. But do you know what? I must say he's pressing like being there watching it live. You can tell he's an asset to the team. He cares. He wants to play. He gives 100%. And yes, he should have scored that header. 
And yes, Kyan May should have done better for the follow-up. I think he was going for placement over power. If it was me, put your foot through it. Even if it goes over, you've gone for power. It's like, a bit like, you know, when Troy scored in the last minute against Leicester. You know, he, he went for power over placement. Sometimes you just got to hit it. But vacuum bio to the, the, the tenacity and the work rate, he actually went and got the ball, won the ball back because Swansea were coming away with it, then played someone into play and then he managed to run and sprint into the box and unfortunately couldn't get his header in. But Joe, firstly, he should have scored, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should have done. It was a bit of a tame header, really. He didn't really kind of get the power he wanted on it or the placement. Um, but like you said, you know, you can't really fault him for for his um, uh, for his efforts. I mean, to win the ball back on the halfway line as he did so well um, mm. and to get up, look to drive forward with the ball, sprint and get into the box as well um, and obviously get there to at least have the opportunity you know it was brilliant and i think it just shows over the past few weeks you know just to point out a couple of um things from him like borough obviously had that chance took it around the keeper spooned it over a couple of times at cardiff didn't he, he took the ball around the keeper uh, obviously one went in one didn't um but it just shows you you know he, he's keen to get forward he's keen to press he's keen to put pressure on the back lines and he wants to do well and he's hungry for it. And you can see that, you know, it may not be coming off all the time, but people just need to give the guy a chance. Like I've not seen a forward, I'll be honest, that's looked as hungry as that since those three back in 2015, where someone just wants to get on the ball and do well and score goals. He may not be scoring, but at least he's looking interested. And I think that's the most important thing for me at the moment. It will come, I think, with him. I do think it, it will take a bit of time but you know it didn't help he didn't get much service last night I'll be honest he was having to come back into midfield and do a lot of things himself um, mm -hmm. to, to start attacks which didn't help things for him um, but in what he did do in that hour that he was on the pitch I actually thought he was pretty decent and had he stayed on I think he might have scored um, but who knows it's one of those what ifs in it he might, he might have had a stinker he might have scored Absolutely. He, um, he, he, you know, certainly tries his hardest and, and at the moment that's all we can ask for. And, you know, I, I think he's very unlucky not to have scored more than he has at the moment. And, you know, on another day that header goes in and, and we're talking about how good he is. And look, let, let's, like I say, let, let's just stick with him. I had a point to make then, but he's completely gone out of my head. So we'll have to move on. But uh, it was a really good point. As well. I can't remember what it was now for the Sorry. life of me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, but no, um, you know that that was probably our best chance in the first half. And you know, I, I do, I do feel feel for him. I think his confidence is growing. That's the point I was going to make. Half the battle with strikers is getting the getting in positions and creating chances. The other half, the goals will come. You know, you look back at some of the strikers we've had over the last few years, you can't even say that they were getting in positions to create chances. I mean, wearing this kit, for the, for those that are listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see it, but I'm wearing the one where we got relegated 2019-20 season. Uh, and Andre Gray, he wore this kit. I remember it at Norwich when he scored away from home. He 
how many times did he didn't even get into positions and he didn't create half the chances he should have done. So, you know, that's just one that springs to mind. But I'm confident he'll get double figures this season. I really, really am. It will click. And once he gets that goal or gets a couple of goals and maybe successive games, the confidence will come with it. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it. Um, just before we move over to the second half, one man I want to bring up first, and we'll talk about his performance as a whole, because he actually he, he made a foul in the first half and he got a yellow card for it, Jake Livermore. And I was certain that he was going to get hooked at half-time because, you know, a bit leggy, not as fit as he used to be, certainly not as, as quick and whatnot. So you, you thought, right, you know, yellow card, but Bambi on ice, red card waiting to happen. But Jake Livermore yesterday, for me... And I know he's not played many, but that was his best Watford game for, for me. He, Yes, he might not have the legs that he used to sort of 10 years ago, but he used his experience so, so well yesterday in the middle of the park. And for me, he didn't put a foot wrong. You know, he was, not only did he play well, he used his, his experience, which he did to get that yellow card. I thought he had to take one for the team there. And I do not mind that whatsoever. I think he's brilliant for the other players. He's such a leader. It's unbelievable. And he's brilliant for the young players as well. Like, I don't know if you'd have picked it up watching at home, but Kayembe made a misplaced pass again. Uh, and they went and got a corner from it and sort of almost scored from it. But I think whether there was a block or Batman saved it, I don't know. But Kayembe held his hands up. First thing, Jake Livermore was over to him, patting him on his shoulder Look, don't worry about it. Let's get back on it. And just little things like that. And I think if Ismail knew that he was going to be... Because he looks a lot fitter than he did when he started the season. If Ismail was going to play more regularly, I think he would have been captain this season without a shadow of a doubt. Because he's quite clearly a leader on and off the pitch. But for me, yesterday, he's one of the standouts, Joe. Is that, it, it, did, did, it, did it come off like that watching from home as well? Yeah, I thought he was brilliant last night. I think, uh, as Ben said in the in our group chat, he said um, we just look a lot more steady in in midfield, and nothing seems yeah. to be getting through like what it has been the past few few games or f past few weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, he's he's as I said as as well in the chat. Uh, I think he needs to be a definite starter moving forward. I think, it, we, you know, we look a lot better within there. Him and Kone um, look great in, in that midfield together. Obviously, it could be that the other one changes a bit more frequently. Kaembe, loser, Deli Bashiru. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, Livermore especially, he was, like you say, he was fantastic last night. He, he really put in a shift. And I did say, as soon as he got the yellow, I said he would be off after an hour. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was surprised to see him go past the hour. And then as time ticked on, he didn't really put a foot wrong. He was he was brilliant. Absolutely. And uh, considering he was met with so many moans and groans from Watford fans, I just think, you know, it's brilliant that he's, he's showing us that he's still capable of putting a shift in. And look, we know more than anyone that you have to have players like that in this league. We've had Cathcart, we've had Cleverly, Gosling, to name a few, Ben Watson... Those type of players that know the league, a little bit older, coming to maybe the end or the, the later knockings of their career. But when the season's as relentless as it is, 
we'll, we'll have had three games in a week. You need players like that that come in, you know, very knowledgeable in the league. So for me, I, I you know, I think he, he's been superb recently. And last night was definitely a standout performance. What did you make of the man next to him? Because Kone, he's one that, when he starts, he doesn't seem to set the world alight. But when he comes on, he's like fantastic. He come on against Sheffield Wednesday and he was the one that, that passed for a spreer to score his goal. That was Sonny else. And, you know, he started against Leeds. Maybe a bit unfair to judge him on the Leeds game because the Leeds game was a bit of a stinker, to be honest. But last night for me, I, I tweeted at half-time. I took a picture of the stadium and I said, thoughts at half-time, Watford fans. And someone said, I, I don't know who it was now, but someone said, uh, get Kone off. But for me, I thought he looked all right. I think he's another one. And the full-time whistle bloody showed this. He cares. He wants to play. He, he's enjoying his time here. Probably wants to play a bit more, mind you. But for me, I think he's passing. He, he could be, if he give 100% all game, he could be one of our better players in the squad. He's clearly talented. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I've always been a fan, to be honest, of Kone. I think, he, I think he's brilliant. I think his footwork's good. His passing's good. His range of passing is just, like you say, for Aspria um, on, on Saturday, the pass was fantastic. Um, I can't remember what game it was now. Uh, when he came, I think it was um, Plymouth at home at the start of the season. He came on, I think it was, as a sub there. And he was he's spraying balls from one side of the pitch to the other as well. You know, he, he's good like that. He's he's definitely one for the future that will will play regularly. I think. Um, but yeah, I thought he was good last night. I, as much as it pains me to say, KMB did all right last night as well. I thought the midfield three as as a whole yeah. last night. I thought all three of them were were pretty solid. I don't I don't have any grumbles or complaints too much from from those three last night. Mm. Yeah, I, I, a little bit gutted Cam's not here, to be honest, because Cam's KMB's biggest hater, I think, on a, in, in, in Watford. But I thought KMB, for me, yes, he's not an amazing player and he doesn't stand out from everyone else. But for me, yesterday, he come in and he did the job at hand. And for me, he shored things up in midfield. Yes, he's very one-footed, but I, I, I think there's nothing wrong. I, I think we're playing him in the right position which is a first. You know, we, we often saw him last season, uh, DM at times, you know, Rob Edwards liked to play him there, whether that was because he had no one else, I don't know. But I think where he's playing at the moment and the role he's being play, asked to play suits him down to a T. Um, so, yeah, I must say, I was I was quite impressed with him yesterday. And, you know, if he's going to play again, then that that's not a problem. Sometimes you'd see his name on the team sheet and you'd be a bit like... Shit, like it's going to be one of them games. But I thought he, he was uh, he was good yesterday, and like you say, I thought the whole of midfield were, were very very impressive. Um, and look, you know, if it wasn't for Tom Deli Bashiri being late, we might have seen him play a bit more reg, a bit more of a part yesterday. So, you know, maybe that that's worked out for the better. Um, if you guys are watching live along at home, please do drop your comments in. Let us know your thoughts on the game. Let us know your thoughts on any particular individual as well. Uh, we'll read them out. We, we love it when you guys get involved. Um, coming into the second half, and Joe, I obviously said I'd have Buck and Gakia and Martins off. Only one of those did come off. Martins come off straight at half-time, and we saw Ken Semmer come on. 
And he wasn't deployed on the right, which a lot of people were worried about, because when Ken plays on the right, he's very isolated. He just doesn't work. Um, and he come on over on the wing, and it was a straight swap for Martins. My word, Ken just keeps showing why he's such a fan's favourite. He was superb last night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He, um, I was surprised first of all to see him come on at the start of the second half. Um, I wasn't jumping for joy, but boy, did he put in a shift last night when he came on. Um, yeah, like you say, he's a real fan's favourite. He's another one. He just cares, doesn't he? You can tell it means a lot to him. You can tell he wants to do well. He, he's um, he's a, another player. It's, it's a bit of a strange one with him because I think... Um, there's there's many times where you watch him get a ball and you think, come on, pass, pass, pass. But the ball sticks to his feet yeah. better than anyone I've ever seen at the club sometimes. And you think, how's he not lost that? Or, you know, he's, he's gone too far, but put, puts the ball in, ends up putting a decent ball in the box. But, yeah, I thought he was great last night. And obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the goal. Right. Deserved, fully deserved and delighted for him. Absolutely. And, you know, he's he's not long got back from injury. He come on against Sheffield Wednesday and the reception he got was second to none. And he's a real fan's favourite. And like you say, I think it is frustrating at times because, you know, he can blow so hot and cold at times. And like you say, it can be very frustrating. But at the end of the day, last night signals why he's such a fan's favourite. And he really, really does get it. And that's what you want. That's This is probably the most likeable squad we've had in quite a long time. Um, and Ken is truly at the heart of that. Like, at, uh, not to jump the gun here, but the scenes at the full time whistle, you know, everyone had their arms around Ken. And I remember not long after he scored, um, the ball went out for a corner and he was like, come on, like, you know, trying to roll the away fans up. And he's just a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, I think that second half, I think we, we matched Swansea and. It only really looked like one team was going to go on and win it. Like I said, you know, a very a, a lot of misplaced passes from Swansea, and not what I expected. I listened to the "Do Not Scratch Your Eyes" Swansea uh, preview, and there, the Swansea fan they had on there said that you know Michael Duff's come in and they've been known over the last few years to play a certain way. You know, Loudrup playing that brilliant football, Roberto Martinez, Russell Martin. And it's largely the same squad that Martin had. And Martin played the same style of football, you know, the passing way, the Swansea way. And it was almost like they'd been asked to play a completely different way, but they were still playing the passing way because there were so many passes that were going astray. And I think that it just wasn't clicking for Swansea. Obviously, they had that goal disallowed. But I tell you what, as soon as that goal was disallowed, it took us a while to realise that it was disallowed. But the, the home fans, the, the noise was deafening inside the stadium. And I thought, right, if Swansea are going to go and kick on it now because the fans are behind them, they're on it. But they just didn't take the take the advantage. And we we really grew into the game. Obviously, Semmer come on, really shored things up. We got forward more. And it only really looked like one team winning. It, it, is, is that what you saw from home as well, Joe? Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't very impressed with Swansea overall last night. Like you said, there was a lot of passes. Even um, I think it was just after the disallowed goal, they had a chance that Batman saved and the ball come out. 
and yeah. uh, it went kind of to the middle of the pitch. One of their players went to play it out wide again so they could go forward. And the ball went yeah. out for a throw. And I knew then at that point it was clearly not going to be their night. They were utter dross yeah. when they were trying to, when they were just short passing was just awful last night. Yeah, just, I don't really know what happened and why it didn't click. As I said to you before we came on, I'd seen them in highlights and stuff. And like they've looked pretty good over the last few weeks for me. I, I think they went to Plymouth and won at Plymouth, didn't they, in that run as well of four yeah. wins? So, yeah, I mean, very surprising but you know we dug we we dug deep last night and we we kind of just had to hang in there and as you said earlier on it was one of them games the more it went on it was like it's gonna come it is gonna come because it ain't coming the other end and like i say boy did it come (laughs) it did and yeah i mean before that, you know, obviously we saw the introduction of Yasser Espria coming on for Tom Ince and then we saw Rajovic come on for Vacuum Bio. And I, I just want to touch on Rajovic a little bit, something that I sort of mentioned earlier. Um, I thought, uh, well, before we come on here, Rajovic gets a lot of stick. And look, you know, I was the first to say when he first joined the club, let's not write him off. If he goes so many games and doesn't score or doesn't hardly scores in his first whatever games, then we can judge him. And I think now is the right time to be like, right, okay, we, we expected more from a player that was so hyped up when we brought him in. And he's been he's been crap the last few weeks. Let, let's let's call a spade a spade. And he for me, and again, I don't know if it's because I was there and watching it and you get a different viewpoint of the game, and I might get a bit of a few pelters from what I'm about to say, but for me, his work rate off the ball yesterday was brilliant. I thought he looked better when the ball was coming into his feet yesterday. There was a few knock-ons, a few times that he was able to link play up. He was lucky. He was unlucky not to get a goal as well. I think it was Ngakia put a ball in, and Rajovic. All I think, or was it? Ken oh, was that, was it you on about the one-two that he had with, um, and then the, the the final ball was just a little bit in front of him, I think, and he just couldn't get it under his feet to get a shot away, but. It was kind yeah. of like a bit, I, can't, I think it was in Gakia, where it was a little flick. He dinked it on and he got it back and then he tried to pass it back. He'd come back to him and then it just kind of ended at that. But that was a good yeah. bit of play to be fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. That was, mm. he did do and well. There was, I think he had a shot blocked as well. Um, and it, again, it was a cutback. And I was saying to to, the, uh, to Ricky or sat next to him, I said, the thing is, we need to give him service. We know how he plays now. You look at his two goals against Coventry in the box, poacher goal, you know, fox in the box type of player. His goal against Birmingham in the air, he's six foot four and he wins a header in the box and we score. He's not going to be one of these that, you know, like Joe Pedro or like Vacuum Bio's done where he'll win the ball from deep, go on this mazy run and, and do all this. He is a simple target man. You get the ball in the box to him, and nine times out of ten, he will probably finish finish the the, the goal. Um, but I must say, you know, I thought he looked better last night. He, he's not looked great of late, but I think last night was a, a more of an improvement. I thought the, the closing down on the goalkeeper, we forced their goalkeeper to go long so many times, and the amount of times he didn't even hit the halfway line. Uh, Rushworth, his name is. He was uh, on loan at Lincoln last season, and. You know, they'd pass it around at the back and he looked a bit shaky at times. 
and he, he, he was forced long and like I say, didn't even hit the halfway line. So that pressure was really there and Rajovic was, was at the heart of that. But 83 minutes on the clock and, well, it, it, it was it was typical Watford in that game. You know, we, we come away with the ball, Yasser Espreer had it. My God, what a pass from Espreer over to Ken Semmer. He fizzed it in as well. I mean, obviously seeing it live, you don't appreciate how much they fizz a ball in. And you, there, there was another angle which the Watford YouTube put out and it's like a pitch side angle of it. And he really does yeah. fizz that ball. So credit to Ken for taking yeah. it under, under control. But he was bringing it forward and forward and we thought, right, what's he going to do? Is he going to try and cut in and cross it? Is he going to... Um, is he going to cross it where he is? Is he going to run to the byline? Is he going to try and force a corner? Oh, no, he's just absolutely twatted it from the edge of the box. Oh, my God, it's gone in. Like, what a strike from Ken Semmer. i tell you what that reminded me of. Um, maybe not as powerful, certainly not as long distance. Adlen Guediora, away at Arsenal in the FA Cup. He hit it with some absolute venom. And, my he God. He didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, it stay hit, didn't it? It was a superb goal, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, I was, I was shocked to be honest. I expected the ball to go across, across goal. Um, I wasn't expecting him to shoot, but yeah, um, we've seen a few of those. To be fair, over uh, over the years, I remember Hollabas doing that kind of a white middle horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so. So yeah, those um, those left-sided players do love doing that. You don't really see it too much from from our right-sided players. I can't recall too many from our right-sided players, but yeah, it was a super superb um, superb goal from Kennan. Like I say, as I said earlier, fully deserved. Mm. Um, delighted for him, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could see what it meant to him at the time and at the end of the game. And like I say, not long after we won a corner, and our fans were like. That 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 was some of the best noise I've heard from Watford fans uh, away from home. Certainly, like we were yeah, absolutely. Yeah, could hear it on Could hear yeah. it on the TV. Like when we were getting corners going forward, you could hear there was a, there was a difference behind that goal, um, and that was great to hear. To be fair, it was great to hear. And there was only three hundred and fifty of us, I believe. Um, you know, you you it's it's quite crazy. You know, quite the noise that we made and. You know, there were a group of lads right at the back and credit to them, they, they were they were loud throughout and they were non-stop. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of England-Wales banter and all this. And um, I, I think the, the, the atmosphere in the away end definitely helped and definitely spurred the fans on, uh, spurred the players on, sorry. Uh, and like I say, you know, shortly after that goal, there was a corner and Ken was rolling up the away end. And we, we were, you know, he, he was playing us like a fucking fiddle, but he, in a good way, you know. We, he had us where we want. He had us where he wanted us, and um, I think you know the fans were, were were truly tremendous. You know, credit to us making that journey. I mean, I don't know how long it is from Watford, but I think I, I did stop. But it took me just over five hours, two hundred and thirty-three miles to get there, um, and I am so glad I made the journey because it was so worth it in the end. But before we obviously talk about the, the the result as a whole, one man has got to also get credit is Dan Backman. He was he's taken some absolute pelters this season. But if it wasn't for Backman last night, we don't win that game. 
two absolutely brilliant saves in the dying embers of the game. There were five minutes added on and he pulled out some magnificent saves. And for me, he's one of, if not the best shot stopper in the league. But did last night sort of show you how crucial Dan Batman can be to us at times, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's proved it. I mean, I know he, like you say, he's taken a few pelters this season. He has made a few mistakes. But overall, I mean, keepers make mistakes. He's taken honour at United. You know, <laughs> yeah. keepers, keepers are known to make mistakes. De Gea also, before him, made mistakes. You know, I remember when Foster first came in at Watford when he was young, uh, under 80, made mistakes, you know, People take time. People aren't just going to come in and just be world-class straight away. That's not, not how football works. Um, you know, I didn't see, I'll be honest, I didn't see too much of him when he was at Kilmarnock. But Kilmarnock fans that season, they qualified for Europe. They were loving him. Yeah. They were really desperate for him to come back. So there was clearly something there with uh, with him. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. Um, I'm pleased for him. He's shown us why he's a good keeper um, and why he's n number one at the moment. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I hope it continues. Um, he's he is get he's one of them people that I think you can safely say from the start of the season he's just progressively got better and better and better as the season's gone on. Um, yeah, and if he carries if he carries on, he'll be he'll be. Um, I've got no doubt he'll be in the running for player of the season at the end of the season because like I say he's keeping us in a lot of games and if it wasn't for him last night we wouldn't have come away with three points yeah well back-to-back -back clean sheets for, for Backman. I know he wasn't really tested much at home to Sheffield Wednesday but last night he was certainly made his money's worth and um you know he he is getting better I think he we, we're simplifying it what we're asking him to do it was a lot for him to take on he's obviously never been asked to play like that but so many times last night, yes, we might have passed back here and there, but there were so many times last night where I think he took it upon himself. He was just going, you know, going long a lot. And with the goal kicks especially, hate it when they go short and you've got Hoot and Sierra Elter in, in, in the box. And, um, you know, just a goal kick's a goal kick, man. Just play it long. And I think last night he was superb. And one man I want to sort of end on is... Francisco Sierra, obviously, he was brought into the squad because of Porteous being banned. But for me, other than his passing, I think some of his passing was a bit suspect last night. But for me, he was easily, um, you know, one of the standouts and he's easily our best centre-back at the club. For me, he needs to play more regularly at centre-back. I think the only annoying thing is, because of Livermore's age and not being able to play week in, week out, we sort of have to rely on Sierra to play as that six. And I'm led to believe as well, I was chatting to someone before the game, that Sierra before he joined Watford, his natural position was number six. So, you know, you'd expect him to, to sort of be a bit more shored up in that area. But for me, Joe, last night, he was absolutely phenomenal. And like I say, easily our best centre-back at the club. Yeah, he was rock solid. Every ball going into the box, he was getting his head on it, it was coming out. Foot, foot in before getting his foot first to every tackle when balls were going in the box or getting close to going in the box and yeah he he, he looks very calm doesn't he as a centre-back he 
gives he, he's a lot more um what's the word uh reassuring in that yes. cent, uh, center back position than um in the cdm role um so yeah i like you say i hope he does play a bit more uh, it'd be interesting to see you know i wouldn't like to see who get dropped but if he is suspended at the weekend it would be interesting to see what Porti, portius and uh Serialta would be like together because i i actually quite like the sound of that partnership it sounds good and it, it feels like it could work um mm. but like at the same time like i didn't really think who put too much did too much wrong i thought if i'm being honest over Overall, I don't think anyone really put a foot wrong last night. No, Apart from Martins, no. who had a bit of an off night, I thought everyone, it, it was one of those, we worked hard, we deserved it, we got what we deserved, and fantastic, yeah, we're all, all, we're all happy. Um, but yeah, if, if he does have to come out of the side at the weekend, if, he, if they do play well together, it'd be interesting to see, going into Huddersfield, what he might do at centre-back. Because, like I say, if, if it works, it could could end up being a good partnership. Yeah, for me, maybe a little bit too erratic. I think Hoot's there to just calm things down. Sierra can be a bit erratic at times, and Ryan Porteous is like a ticking time bomb, a ticking time bomb at times, and um, he, he's quite erratic. He, he plays a lot different for Scotland than he does Watford, but I think he plays in the back three for Scotland, so it, you know, system's a little bit different, but. It'll be interesting to see if who is suspended. Um, like I said at the top of the show, we are led to believe that League Cup yellow cards count separately to the league, so who shouldn't be. But we know who. I'm sure he's bound to pick up a yellow card in the league soon, so I'm sure that suspension probably will come. Just before we wrap it up, Joe, obviously, you know, brilliant three points. Um, six points from the last two games, and I was I was on this podcast with Katie after the Cardiff. Uh, was it after the Cardiff, Cardiff game? Yeah, Cardiff game. Yeah. yeah, and I said to her, I said, you know, in in a couple of weeks we've got a three game week. I says everything's doom and gloom at the moment. I says we might be sitting here next Sunday or the Sunday after or whatever it was, and we might have picked up nine points, seven points, whatever it might be, and things could be completely different. Listen, I'm not get, getting carried away, I promise. But that win now puts us only four points outside the playoffs. We have got uh, Millwall at home, managerless Millwall at home on Saturday. Going into that, we are in a much stronger position. And it just shows what a week can do in the Championship, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. Um, it's not just Millwall, though, is it? I mean, you look, kind of look ahead a very... very up and down Huddersfield side at the moment. Obviously, they got yeah. a win against QPR. I mean, QPR are terrible. Let's be honest; they're going down. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no saving them at, at the moment. Um, so, it kind of expected Huddersfield to win, but then they were completely torn apart by Cardiff last night. Um, so, I mean, you, you don't really know what to expect when we turn up there. You don't know what you're going to get with us. So, it's, it's one of those see what happens on the day jobs, isn't it? Um, yeah. But then, like you say, managerless Millwall. And then the home game after that going into the next break is is obviously Rotherham. So the next three games, you kind of look at it. And as um, as they pointed out on Soccer Special last night, is 32 days ago, Middlesbrough were bottom of the championship. And they've gone six straight wins and they're level on points with the team in six. So they're joined kind of in, in that playoff spot. 
So you kind of think, you know, you go on a run, you're going to get yourself in a position where you're you're back up there again, and you're you're in the thick of it. And as I said last night, so we're we're only three. Uh, sorry, we're six points off third um, now. Yeah. So you know, if you know, if we get three wins in the next three games, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's very unlikely yeah. we're going to get three wins. But if we do, then you know, we're kind of going into that next international break. The last international break, we're sitting on top of the relegation zone. The next one, we could be sitting in mid in the playoffs. You know, it's like mad. Mate, welcome to the absolute batshit crazy world of the championship, man. It's absolutely nuts. And this is why we tell people, and this is why it's good to have a bit of perspective, because literally the other week, you know, our fans were like, well, relegation battle and all this. And listen, I'm not saying for one minute that we're going to go on and get in the playoffs, but just, you know, give the team time. We we wanted a clear out and it seems like everyone wanted the world and the stick. We want a clear out, but oh, at the same time, yes, we've just lost 20 players, but we also want to be challenging and all this. So it takes time. So that is the championship for you. Like I said, you know, the other week, it was all doom and gloom. We've just won two on a bounce. We've got a team coming to the Vic. We're a lot stronger at the Vic than we are away from home. We've got a team coming to the Vic who haven't got a manager yet. Uh, it'd be typical if they appoint one. We're recording this, obviously, on, on Wednesday night. They've got two days, well, three days to appoint one. It'd be typical for them to appoint one and, and get a new manager bounce. But uh, just quickly before we end, Joe, how are you feeling going into that one? You Obviously, Millwall absolutely bullied us last season, but they're not the same Millwall, it doesn't seem like. No, they seem to be um, struggling quite a bit this season. I'm quite surprised that they they uh, they pulled the trigger on Rowett, to be honest. Um, bit of a shock, um, but yeah, they've not been they've not been very good this season, especially at home, and they rely a lot on their home form. And I think that's what the the kind of telling point was for them in the end. Um, yeah. Obviously, I remember watching them against Leeds a few weeks back, and they got absolutely ripped apart uh, in that game. Um, and uh, last night they went ahead and um, they, they said on the telly, you know, they started well. And then I think Blackburn did end up winning last night. I can't remember yeah. if it was two or three yeah. one. Um, but there was another another home defeat last night. So they really are struggling at the moment. So I can't see them getting in anyone before the weekend. Um, but they seem to be, um, uh, I don't know if you've seen anything on Twitter from Derby um, at the moment, but their fans are, um, I've, I can't believe what I've been seeing. To be fair, their fans have been chanting that the, the manager's footballs utter shit yeah. um, in the stands, and they're really kicking off. And they all want Warnock to come in there um, to um, to get them back up. Which you know, all their fans all on Twitter get Warnock in, get Warnock in quick before um, like teams like obviously QPR. They think they might sack Ainsworth and get Warnock in again to keep them up. And there's there's a lot of talk about Warnock going to Millwall. So you know, he's still, he may be in his 70s, but there's a lot of clubs still want him because they, they know what he does. So, um, Absolutely. so yeah, uh, hopefully he comes in after the weekend if he does come in at Millwall, but it will just be, you can just see him with a shirt at 12 o'clock tomorrow going, I'll be in the stands watching the game on Saturday and they'll be yeah. as one. <laughs> yeah, Warnock's got one over on us recently. There was a time where we, we couldn't stop beating him, but recently he's got one over on us quite a bit. So, yeah, he's uh, quite frustrated managed to come uh, to come up against. Uh, interesting, uh, interestingly, I was listening to, um, to Do Not Scratch Rise on the drive home from uh, Wales earlier 
and they had a Millwall pod on. And I didn't realise when Rowett got sacked, I thought his whole backroom staff got sacked as well. But uh, Robbo's actually interim assistant manager. So yeah, um, he was in the yeah. thick of it at the weekend. I saw him on the on the telly getting right involved. It was quite odd to see for him. To be fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I think uh, one of the names they want as well is John Eustace. So, uh, if any appointment can can wait till after we play them, that'd be great. But a real, real good opportunity to uh, to get three points. And my God, what a week! Nine points would be nine out of nine would be incredible. And like I say, it'd put us depending on the results, it'd put us a point outside the playoff places because there's a few games going on tonight. Um, just some of the scores whilst just before Hull are 1 0 up at Birmingham, Ipswich are winning again, Plymouth are 2 0 up on Sheffield Wednesday, oh dear, uh, and then Southampton are 1 0 up at Preston. So, yeah, um, I, I don't think any of them are a massive surprise to be honest, and not really too many that affect us. I mean, um, we're still 16th, it's Coventry really that are just above us. Um, and yeah, we, we're still, as it stands, four points outside the playoffs with Millwall to come next. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Just before we wrap up, Joe, what's your score prediction for Millwall at home? Uh, based on how we've been uh, over the last few weeks and how Millwall have been, I'm going to stick my neck out and say 2-0 Watford. I'm hoping Martin Hopkins will be back at the back of the races again at the weekend. If he starts, I think he'll score. Um, and I'm going to say Bio will get get a goal as well. He deserves one. Martin's Bio two nil. Thanks very much. Three clean sheets that. and nine points. <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Um, I think it's got to be a close game. I know you know Millwall are a bit of a mess at the moment. We're not exactly amazing, although we've just won the last two. But um, both of us don't really can well. You know, our goal difference, they're on minus two, we're on minus one, so it might be quite a tight affair. But I'm going to go 2-1 to Watford. And I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out here with the, the, the score predictions, uh, or the scorers. I'm going to say Bio's going to score, and then he's going to get hooked at either half-time or 60 minutes. And I think Ryovic is going to come on, and I think Ryovic is going to score. And it'll be uh, trademark Ryovic, in the box, tapping, on the line, whatever you like. Don't really care, they all count. So, yeah, 2-1, Bio and Rojevic for me. Um, but, yeah, what like I say, what a week that would be to have nine points out of nine. Um, yeah, just before as well, I we end the stream there. I just want to apologise. This podcast was meant to go live last night, but I got back to the hotel and I was bollocks because it was a two-mile walk from the stadium to my hotel. And I got in and I just I was a bit in party mode. I was like, oh, I shall have a beer. And then I sat on the bed and that was the worst decision ever because I just collapsed and was like, oh, ready for bed now. Um, I'm just trying to think. So Sunday, we will be back with a podcast. I don't know who will be doing it yet. Um, I, I'll i be watching the game as usual. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you very, very much. If you've watched live or if you've listened back, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, we want to get to 500 subscribers by Christmas. Uh, we've got a, we've started planning the Christmas special already. Uh, hopefully, it might be a, a, a bit different to the ones we've done in previous years. And uh, hopefully, all five of us will be on that one. But like I say, we'll be back on Sunday evening 
to review Watford's game against Millwall this Saturday at Vicarage Road. Till then, stay safe, everybody, and come on, you orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.